What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What up, Duval? Welcome to the 53rd episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined by my two co-hosts. Scott Klein and Hunter Evans. How are we doing today, boys? Yeah, I mean, still hurt. Hey, the Jaguars are still 7-4. and four. Yeah, yeah. Still a lot to look forward to. Blake Bortles... Or, oh, I almost... I had a little Freudian slip there. I meant to say Blaine Gabbert is still killing the Jaguars. Yeah, you could say it either way. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into the Jaguars' loss to the Cardinals today. We'll get into a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, make sure to follow Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein one and Hunter at Coach H underscore Evans. Uh, he's coaching over there at Creekside. They just finished their season recently, so he'll be with us for the foreseeable future, hopefully. Hooray! On the podcast here, it's a good time. This, as in every episode, presented by Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At Bold City Brewery. Uh, this weekend, we will have a tailgate for the Jaguars' home game against the Colts. We're stoked about that. Uh, you know, anytime a division rival comes to town, no matter how shitty they are, and the Colts are a shitty team right now. Almost beat the Titans. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they hung with the Titans three or four yeah. weeks ago as well yeah. uh, until the fourth quarter. The Titans kind of blew it up in a little bit in that game, but in this one, they hung. They hung tough, but you know the Titans are struggling themselves right now. Uh, they're getting wins, usually, obviously not against the Steelers. No, but they are winning most of their games. They're seven and four, just like the Jaguars. But we'll get more into that. Um, Bolt City Breweries hooked us up with some cool new beers today. We've got the Red Rider. If beer people will get that. Right. Right. <laughs> And then Astral Decay. What is that? Which, it's uh, a beer. That's fancy. I don't know if that 
has anything to do with beer, but I also don't know anything what type it? of beer it is. There's no information here. <laughs> so sent you two wild cards. <laughs> Astral Decay sounds pretty intense, though. Yeah. That's a heavy name. Uh, but one crowler that we weren't able to get because it's cost $30 uh, per crowler, which is a 32-ounce beer. Uh, like cocaine prices right there. <laughs> Jesus. It, it is... Uh, a new IPA they made over there that is a triple IPA. It's, it's around 14% alcohol by volume. So can kill you. And about 2% gold. So, like, if you drink one of those, you are done. <laughs> Shad Khan's having a hard time buying that one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they didn't want to hook us up with one of those. Pretty understandable. Mm. We also probably all be like, completely trashed by the end of the episode <laughs> if we were drinking on that but uh yeah thanks to bold city brewery as always um jaguars will wear teal again against the seahawks it'll be the second time this season they're wearing they're wearing teal it's beautiful yeah it's great i love it i think everyone loves you want the teal, teal on white or teal on black i assume it'll be teal on black because i don't think they've Ever done teal on white? Well, they did teal on white against the Chargers. Oh, did they? No, I think it was the black pants. I think it was black. Yeah. I assume it'll be teal and black, but we'll clarify that next week. This weekend, Jaguars taking on the Colts, like we said. So let's jump away from the Jaguars for a minute. This relates to the Jaguars. It was teal and white. It was? Let's see it. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it looks good either way. Teal's the deal. Yep. Teal, white pants, black pants, we don't care. Just wear some pants. <laughs> <laughs> but Eli Manning was benched by just one of the <coughs> easiest coaches to hate. Oh, my God. McAdoo up in New York. So that raises the question, should the Jaguars try to pursue Eli Manning after the 2017 season? And really just brings up the whole larger question. The Jaguars, and it's not even a question for me, it's a statement. The Jaguars need to pursue a veteran quarterback after 2017, regardless of what happens uh, the rest of this regular season and then end of the playoffs, assuming they make it. And I think Eli should be at the top, maybe not at the top of their list, but on their short list of quarterbacks that could be a serviceable starter for them in 2018. Where are you guys at on that? I mean... To be honest, anybody that can throw the football and is... Anyone who's a natural thrower of football. Yeah. <laughs> just I can be consistently just get ball get the ball into the receiver's hands. That's something where even on short, intermediate passes, we struggle with on a regular basis. And a lot of that, that you'll say drops from wide receivers and things like that. But there are, I mean, there's a, I know there's a ton of different things that can go into a single pass. But it just seems like on a regular basis, get, he just can't make the throws that a normal QB can. And give me anybody who can do that. I mean, even if he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, an upgrade who could at least beat a nine-man box. Yeah. I mean, teams are just loading up the box against Blake on first and second down, and he can't do anything about it. <clears throat> Pretty frustrating, I'm sure, for Blake. And it's certainly frustrating for... Uh, Jaguar fans and got to be frustrating for the coaching staff as well. If you're Nathaniel Hackett, Hunter, put on your coaching hat. 
What do you do to try to help Blake Bortles the rest of the season? I mean, it's tough. I obviously. Bo- I, I was going to say cyborg. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, but we've said it. Like, is, that, is that legal in the NFL? Can we just possible. go get one of those? There's no precedent. <laughs> against but I mean, we we've talked about how <clears throat> Bortles has proven this year that while he's not necessarily like the worst thing in the world, like some people think he is, he's not the answer. Yeah. Like, he's not necessarily the problem, but he's also not the answer at the same I time. I think he's been the problem uh, in the last three weeks, in my opinion. I don't think Against he... the Chargers, he played well for 58 minutes. Played average for 58 minutes. But then... I don't... But, like, against... The, uh, so, whatever, on Sunday, I don't think he was necessarily the issue. I think for Hackett, his biggest he problem... he made the worst play of the game. He did. By, by it, either it, team. It was bad. Again... It's impossible to say that you know what he was seeing, so whatever. It's, it's a mute. It's a mute point. Um, and but plus, if, I'm, if I'm Hackett, <clears throat> you got to find a way to somehow get the ball to your receivers consistently. And that sounds like an obvious thing, but they're not catching the ball either. Right. Like, it's not just a Marquise quarterback. Marquise Lee leads the league in drops. Mercedes Lewis is top 15 I mean, in drops. Keelan Cole Keelan had a Cole's couple dropping chances. dropping the ball all the time. It's a big the issue. The only guy not dropping the ball that you're throwing the ball to is Didi. Yeah, well, but Didi's only been back for, what, a week? Yeah, two, two weeks. <laughs> so it's it's hard. Like, if you're happy right now, you're thinking, well, shit, like, we can't run it because there's an eight nine man box, or at least people in that vicinity, and we can't throw it because one the quarterback might get it there, which he's done pretty fairly well, but the receivers aren't going to catch the ball. Like, he's you're in a terrible position. Yeah, I think all three the offensive line, receivers, and quarterback are to blame. I happen to think Bortles is the most to blame for the losses, not for the ineptitude of the offense. Mm-hmm. Because the receivers are sucking, the running backs aren't getting it done, the offensive line's not getting it done. But for the losses, my question: Who can you put the losses on most? Blake Bortles is making <clears throat> the Jets is his. To, I'll I'll put the Jets on him. Chargers I, is a win, but it well, should have been a the win. defense took that to me, away from the him. Jets, yeah. the Jets, and the Rams are the two that stick out. That were Bortles put them in such terrible situations. I don't think one person necessarily wins or loses it, but he put them in really bad situations. I don't see the. I don't know what he could have done differently other than the interception. If he doesn't throw that interception, and we go down, it's a different win, story. But like, what but he did, I he did. But what else <laughs> other than that interception did he lose the game? The, okay. That's where I'm lost. Like fans are screaming, like Bortles lost the game. Bortles lost the game. To me, when you make an interception in the waning moments of the game, you I'm lose saying, the game for your team. But they're saying he played terrible the whole what? game. To he me, was okay the rest of the game. Like, that's what I don't know. It was just okay. I don't I mean, know if he people hit, he, want. He hit Keelan Cole on a pass that should have been caught for a catch inside the 10-yard line. I it, thought he, looked, I thought he looked fairly decent the whole game. That The interception is something that I don't think anybody will ever understand. And I don't even think he understands it. Like, sometimes... But it, the, that's, that, doesn't make an, that doesn't make it excusable. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. I, he probably got his ass chewed out. But that, he played very well. He played well... For every play except one. I think he played okay. But okay wins a lot of football games with the defense. I agree, but that means he's not the answer. But if you play okay for most of the game, and then in the most important play of the game... I agree. You fuck it up. I agree. But like... (laughs) That's not okay. No, I completely agree, but I don't... Getting back to Hackett, like... I feel like the Bortles argument, like, you're either on one side or you're not. Like, there is no in-between. Like... You either think he's the problem, or you think like 
he's bad, but he's not necessarily why we lose. Like, there is no in-between, I don't think. And I don't think anybody's ever going to – it's just an agree to disagree. Like, you either hate the guy for what he does on the football field, or you're like, well, yeah, he's probably not the best, but what else do you want him to do? Like, there is no in-between. I, I think it's it's got to be such a struggle for Hackett because looking at the film, it's like, okay, what do we do well? We don't like, do the the right. receiving the receiving play the receivers play has been atrocious, mm-hmm. Atro- absolutely atrocious. Okay. We don't get off the ball. They don't get off of any kind of coverage. It's it's bad. It's bad all. Not around. having Hearns hurts. It does hurt, and not I having mean, Robinson. Obviously, not having Robinson hurts. It does hurt. <laughs> but Marquise Lee to me, Didi Westbrook's the only like shining star out of the whole group. Yeah. But like Marquise Lee had a chance to earn himself a ginormous check. He's not. He's that. failed that. He's always in the whole league's eyes. He's not. He's not a one. No. He it, might not, not even be a two. two. No. But he could it's have not earned consistent that. Enough. He could have easily earned that check. Keelan Cole had the opportunity of all opportunities. He's coming out of what? What? Where did he come from? Kentucky Wesleyan yeah. or something. He had the opportunity to become a stable of you know the league for a couple of years if he would have taken. He's that. got the speed. He does. But and acceleration really it's got just, it all except being able to just haul in the easy passes. It's just been bad, bad, bad receiving. The whole passing game is bad, and I don't think it's just on one guy. Um, people are gonna say that Hackett needs to be more creative with his concepts, but football's football. Like, yeah, you, know, you run a slant, you run a slant. Like, it, I don't it, think complicating things would necessarily no, make it easy. There's He's not much you can do with play calls. Like, you call the play. Like, if I call a play and there's a nine-man box and I'm getting man coverage on the outside and I call a concept that I think can work, some kind of pick concept or a concept of a man beater and the receivers can't get open and the quarterback can't complete it, what do you want the well, guy to do? Yeah. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe you move where you're playing Cole and Westbrook. I mean, Cole is not succeeding – and his passes downfield, and he's I getting think, a lot of them. Whereas I think Westbrook you'll see, might. I think you'll see Westbrook playing to. a lot more in that role. And he should. He should absolutely be on the field. More you've got to, but you've got to be able to earn that trust. Like it's hard for. Oh, a, and Cole's doing. That. No, no. But I'm saying for Westbrook being his second week out, it's very hard just to throw a guy like here. You've been out all year. Let me throw you on the field. He has been practicing for technically four weeks now. Practice and game. It's I, I yeah. It's I it's a big difference. It's a bit. I mean, it's tough. Like I'm Hack, just saying, to me, Hackett hasn't done anything to earn that either. No, I don't think so. Hackett's in a terrible. He's in a bad position right now. Like what they want to do on offense is not working because one, the line's pretty much decimated right now. They're hurting. It's, and they're doing whatever they can. Yeah, Cam Robinson's <clears throat> out there playing. He's not playing well. He's right playing now at, he's, he's injured. He's barely hundred uh, percent. You know, Omame and Parnell both missed the last game. Yeah, that's three positions people, where you're not really competitive at right now. People probably need to go ahead and say they're sorry to Jeremy Parnell though for a little bit. Oh uh, no, yeah. uh, The shit that people talked about him, I, and I, now they're like, us included. Where I mean, I was, you? I was definitely just. Poo-poo-ing None of us said idea. Jeremy Parnell is the worst tackle in football. No, but some people, a lot of people do. People have gone out and like completely bashed him. Right. And we kind of, we, we bashed him a we little thought bit. We was... said he's a guy that is replaceable. Exactly. And that can I be don't, upgraded. I don't think he necessarily, he, he's proven though that he, it shows. run game wise. He's not replaceable to by me, anyone on our current He's like the Mercedes right. Lewis of like right tackle. His his run blocking effect is huge, mm-hmm. and there's it's showing. Like 
we haven't ran the ball effectively at all. Like, Bortles has been our best runner. Now, I do wish Hackett would kind of spread it out a little bit and maybe go a more of that the read option looks and the RPOs. 11, maybe? 11 personnel? <clears throat> like 11 that? personnel, 10. Like, just switch it up. Make Give more window dressing. Make, you know, shine, throw that little flashy thing out there every once in a while. And but, does, but doesn't that get away from the guy that you want to feature in no, the offense? Not, not one bit at all. Not one bit at all. You can be a downhill running team. We're not, we're not a power scheme team. We're a zone scheme team. So we're trying to make lanes for Fournette to run. You can do all of that out of 10 and 11 personnel. Hmm. It's easy. You just, it doesn't look as powerful, yeah. but it is. Like, I know a lot, like Auburn is a good example. I hate saying it, but Auburn is yeah. a great example of spreading it out, and they're physical. They're smash mouth. Physical, in Ohio State, Urban Meyer. Yeah. Physical, 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 but they're spread out, right? They've always had shifty guys. You can do that. I just, like, sometimes you got to do it. Like, it's it's a hard line to step over, and I think that's the problem they're having. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this topic ad nauseum. Let's go ahead and move to the injury report. Uh, Alan Hearns and Telvin Smith were the only inactives today for the Jaguars. Hearns is dealing with an ankle injury, and <laughs> as Hunter sniffs the beer over here, uh, Hearns is dealing with an ankle injury he missed last week. Telvin Smith suffered a concussion during the Jaguars' loss to the Cardinals. He's gone through the concussion protocol. Seems very unlikely Hearns will come back this week. Seems possible that Smith will be able to get through the concussion protocol. Which is crazy to me still. But if he can't, you've still got Paul Puzlesny and Blair Brown to pick up the slack. <clears throat> I mean... And has, Miles Blair Brown, has Blair Brown really done anything? No. Marone feels confident, though. He said that today. In his 10 snaps that he played. He feels confident in Brown. And, you know, based on Brown's college tape, it's easy to understand why yeah. you might feel confident in him, even though we haven't necessarily seen it. And during preseason, he wasn't impressive. But you look at a guy like um, uh Jalen Myrick, he was completely unimpressive in training camp in preseason, and then he got... He's done pretty well. He had to go out and play for Jalen against the Bengals, and he played very well. See, I think... So this, you, these rookies can look bad to start and then be much, something much different by, you know, we're in the latter part of the season now. Especially well, coming from a school like Ohio. I mean, the right. jump. But they're also, I mean, you're 10 weeks into the season now. Right, you're, but he hasn't played much. Wait, you're still ten weeks into the season. Like you know what you're doing at this point. Well, you should. You're getting to the point where you're not in training camp. You're not a rookie. Yeah. Like you've you've stepped on the field. You're on the active fifty three. Like it's it's a job. At a certain point, that ninety day probation period's over, and it's yeah. time for you to be you know be a working man and go work. So that I think that's what showed with Myrick to me. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully Smith can get back. If not, you know. Plus, Lesney's going to get a lot more snaps. You might see Miles Jack over at weak side some more. I don't know. He did a very good job where he was on Sunday. Yeah. I don't say that a lot about Miles Jack, but that was probably one of his better games. Miles Jack is actually now ninth in Pro Bowl voting amongst linebackers, too, so that's pretty awesome to see. I mean, that doesn't necessarily get you in, but it gets you close. Tightening his responsibilities on Sunday when Telvin went out helped him as a player, I think. Yeah, like he wasn't able just to fly around and over athlete himself. Like, so. I mean, he's been playing well as a whole, but sometimes he is. But it's, it's, it's very possible to be too athletic, and he's a little too athletic yeah. for what might, he does. Might run himself out. Yeah, of he, yeah he's, he's the type of guy. I think, like you said, 
when he's given more responsibility and just the longer he plays. Yeah. This is still practically his rookie season yeah. in terms of playing time. Yeah. So, yeah, the linebackers, you know, if you're facing the Seahawks, you'd be a lot more worried about it this week, but you're facing the Colts. So, Telvin Smith doesn't play. You're not stressing too badly. And that goes for the rest of these guys here. Uh, the Jaguars had seven players that were limited in practice. And as we've seen this year, just because you participate in practice does not mean you're going to be able to go on Sunday. We've seen that with offensive linemen pretty regularly. But Marquise Lee practicing, he's still dealing with a knee injury. <laughs> he's just going to be on the practice report forever. Uh, it is what it is. And honestly, I think he was playing better earlier to earlier in the season, from the early part of the season to the middle part. But over the last few weeks, he'll make some plays, but he will drop the crucial catches that you need. His flashes and his ceiling is so high. It is. His floor, though, is so low. But at this point, the Jaguars need anybody they can get at receiver, so obviously you want to see him out there. And he will be. He'll play. Uh Jalen Ramsey dealing with an ankle shouldn't be anything too big of a deal. Tashawn Gibson with a knee injury. Donald Payne, hamstring, he's mainly a special teamer. But, again, with linebacker depth, he could come into play this week. Laurenti McCray, also hamstring. Uh, and then you got your two offensive linemen that are starters that, have, that were out last week. Patrick Omame with a quad at offensive guard. And off, um, tackle. Right tackle, Jeremy Parnell with the knee. You want to see Parnell and Omame this week, but if I'm the Jaguars, I'm not rushing anyone back this week. I'm just not doing it. Because they should be able to handle the Colts with five starters out of the lineup, in my opinion. At this point in the season, it's getting to the, like if you're the Jaguars, survive. Like yeah, get fin- to the playoffs. Finish the last what set, five games, get to the playoffs, and then come back healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, it's not about winning pretty, just win. Now the most interesting thing about what's going on with the injuries is Leonard Fournette has been on the injury report uh, and been limited since November 10th, and. Today was the first day he was not listed as limited. He was a full participant. But he does not... I mean, obviously, we haven't seen him since Sunday. We haven't seen him Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday today. But he didn't look like he was full speed on Sunday. He didn't look like he was full speed against the Chargers. Obviously, against the Browns, he looked pretty damn good. But yeah, I just... I don't think there was any room for him to get going. I mean, yeah. he just he just keeps running into the back of offensive linemen. I think the Cardinals had a great game plan against the Jaguars on it both is, sides I mean, of the ball. Well, Bruce Arians, I mean, he's a good coach for a reason. Like, yeah. he, he gets those guys playing. But Leonard Fournette's the kind of guy where he's got to carry the ball all four quarters to really make his effect. Yeah. Like, what happened with the Steelers where he bust that long yeah. run? Like, that is because of what he is. Yeah. That's what he is. Like, he's, he's not... Alvin Kamara, like or Kareem Hunt, he's not going to bust that ninety-yard play he's in the first quarter. Basically, a sledgehammer. Yeah, you just, where you you, you just keep the hitting him until yeah, you break through, and then I don't hold. completely agree with that because I think he's the type of player that can bust it out at any time. I mean, you saw his first well, run against the Rams; he can do it at any time, um, and he's a guy that can sit when there's blocking, and you know when people there are nine men in the box. That's he can consistently more, do. He's the kind of. To me, he's the kind of guy that, like, yeah, he can bust one at any moment. That's fine. But he's not the guy that's going to 
make that first or second guy miss. Like he's not he he's runs. He's he's a runner. He is an old school running back. He's not the new style. He's not making Reggie Bush. No, he like likes take. making the contact. I mean, he makes people miss. Though. He does. I just but don't like. He, he, I don't like people. I don't pigeonholing him. I'm not pigeonholing. I'm not trying to pigeonhole him. Yeah. I just don't think he's the kind of guy that you're going to throw a flare to. You know, on the, you know the second minute of the first quarter, and he's going to make three guys miss and run it for eighty. Yeah. We'll Which see, is fine. Like, goes on. I mean, it's possible, but also like the fact that they're loading boxes up, it, it hurts him. Yeah, he's 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 less shifty than Hunt and Kamara. I get what you're saying. There. Yeah, like he's but not a shifty back. He he, he yeah. is. He has the element of it, but he's less that, and he's not trying to do that as yeah. much. Yeah. But you see him do all sorts of spins around the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's not that like shifty though. It's it's a different style. It's like, impressive to me. He's very impressive. I think he's very impressive. I think if we had a healthy offensive line and we had a receiving core slash quarterback that were able to get the ball out consists, you know, if they were able to go 19 to 27 every game. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt and if the offensive line wasn't dealing with injuries, I think he's still leading the league in rushing. Hmm. Is he on pace to be for 1,000? Do we know that? For 1,000? Yeah, I'm sure he's on pace for 1,000. Kind of, kind of cool. Like, when was the last time we had a 1,000-yard rusher? Mojo. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. So, um, so yeah, would would you say that? Obviously, we want Parnell and Omame to be healthy, getting back to those guys. But would you sit them if they're healthy? Not sit them if they're healthy. But if you think that there's any way they're not 100% healthy at this, I mean, against the Colts, do you sit them? I I would think that this the offensive line is so important for us because they just. They need to be road graders, and we need to be able to, especially when when weather gets cold, we need to be able to run the ball. And this game, we should be able to win without two offensive linemen because the past few games we've had, we've been without them, and we should have won most of those. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Against better competition, even. Yeah. So, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play them if they're shaky at all. How about no, you? I mean... If a guy's not 100%, or if a guy has any doubt that he can't play, or the doctors don't don't play him, it's not worth it. But at the same time, I mean, if, if the guy comes to you and says he's good to go, and the doctors say he's good to go, and he might have that little, like, yeah, it doesn't feel the greatest, but I'm good to go, like, you, you let him play. It's, to, that's the sport. It's like To me, this is, like, this is a decision that's going to be made on Friday, <clears throat> not at 12.20 uh, yeah. before yeah. the game. It's not going to be a game-time decision. It's they're gonna evaluate where they're at, and just go ahead and make the decision on Friday instead of trying to cut it close and see if they can squeak them in. Yeah, and against a team like the Colts, you know, you could see Chris Reed play very well or Josh Wells play very well, yeah. filling in for those guys. I re- I mean, I wish they would put Shatley at center. I agree, and I wish they would put Linder at guard. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that or why they haven't. Yeah, because um, yeah, one player who we haven't mentioned much this year is AJ Can, but ooh. he really, really struggled against the Cardinals, and he's been struggling a bit as of late in general. Any insight into what's happened with him? I mean, is he struggling just merely because he's got Dennis Green syndrome? Uh, he I, is who we thought he was. I, yeah. I haven't really got a chance to watch much of his film. Um, do you think there might just be the fact that the other guys aren't around him anymore that's making him struggle? I think that's a part of it. I think 
the tackles have not played well at all mm-hmm. over the last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. Robinson <clears throat> and Wells Robinson's clearly not healthy like yeah. he should be. Um, you can tell just by his his quickness off the ball. Wells has just been. I mean, they've been putting matchups on him he can't handle. Yeah, you know, it's obvious. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, most of Bortles' pressures on Sunday were from the outside. Him having to step up. Yeah, Chandler Jones. Chandler, Chandler Jones, Jones just was, annihilated Cam Robinson all day. Well, he showed why he got that money. I mean, yeah. Chandler Jones is an amazing player. He really is. And I think Cam Robinson can play with him. Like, not when he's hurt. Help but not him. when he's hurt. Yeah. Like, But look what happened with Miles Garrett and Cam Robinson. Like, Cam Robinson can play with anybody in the league, mm-hmm. but he's got to be healthy. Yeah, no so, doubt. That's tough. So let's get into the... <laughs> It's all Scott's fault. <laughs> yeah, it is. Let's get into the Cardinals game a little bit. We don't need to over over harp on too many of these subjects. You know, we've talked about the struggles of the quarterback, the running backs, the wide receivers, the offensive line. But let's look at it a little bit here. Jaguars are now zero and two against the NFC West. Their next opportunity comes uh, December fourteenth against the Seahawks at home. So hopefully they can uh, even up that record against the West. It, w- it would really suck to waste a uh, season where you go four and zero against a division in the in the <coughs> AFC North, yeah, and then also go over against the NFC well, West, which is very unlikely. We ain't losing play the Forty Nineers, <coughs> but we should be two and zero right now against the West. Yeah, that's easy to say. Certainly, I mean, it's not like we got beat like the Titans. You can say was a loss, but we should beat the Rams I, and I, the Cardinals. Yeah, I can't stand West Coast trips. Yeah, it's rough. I, I it's a big advantage. Yeah, I think it's a bigger advantage. I think it's a bigger advantage when they come here and play a one o'clock game for us than it is for us going out there and because it's a seven o'clock game. Yeah, and that's one thing that uh, one fan mentioned to, to me about flexing the Seahawks game to four twenty five. It gives them it an advantage. Them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that plays out at all. But uh, getting back to the Cardinals game, Blake Bortles. We've talked about his play in this game, but the fact of the matter is he was outdueled by Blaine Gabbert in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And that is unfair. Yes, he absolutely was. Blaine Gabbert led his team on a touchdown drive late in the game, and with 16 seconds left in the game, he completed two passes. I, I, wouldn't, one, I wouldn't say he led him on a touchdown drive. He did. He, he threw a 50-something yard bomb. It wasn't like a drive. Okay, well, that's more than Blake Bortles did. Yeah, that's 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 one more pass over ten yards that he has than Bortles. Yeah, and when you're okay, let's look. (coughs) Yeah, let's look at the fact that Blaine Gabbert was eight of sixteen throwing the ball ten yards or more down the field, whereas Blake Bortles was zero of seven. That's very true. I also think that Blaine Gabbert didn't have the drops that Bortles had, and I don't think. Blaine Gabbert had one. He definitely didn't have the pressure in his face that Bortles had. Well, yeah, the Cardinals' defensive line dominated our offensive yes, line. Yes, and our our it. defensive line did not do very well. Yeah, there um, were there were times where in games past it would have been a sack, but he just squeaked you know out of and I, had an anchor. Like people are like, "Oh shit, we lost to Blaine Gabbert." But the whole time I was watching the game, all I could think about is like. This is why people. This is why Blaine Gabbert got drafted, though. Like these are the things that Blaine Gabbert should have been doing in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not like it's a freak thing. Like he has the talent to do and it. And they did. I think they only had one drive over fifty yards. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we the whole team combined, all three phases for the Jaguars, did not put the Jaguars in the position to like right. did not get the job. Done. But Blaine was better than Blake. Yeah. And even being, you can say he was better, but what was his like? What did he have like two hundred yards passing? I don't know, but I watched the game and he was better. He was a better quarterback. Yeah. I agree. I just think I think it's it's tough. Like to me, it's tough because because his receivers play better. Yeah, it's like right. the, entire, line play the entire the entire core. Right. It's if you if you gave them the exact same situation, they probably come out. Even. But to me, to me, what <clears throat> makes what really? made Blaine Gabbert so much better is that him and his offensive staff. Were able to find something that works, and they were able to consistently <clears throat> well, I mean, attack it. We played a lot of zone and for some reason. I'm still not yeah. Sure why, why why are we giving the Cardinals receivers so much room? I I don't well, I don't know why. I mean, I can't say why. I don't know. Nobody knows. But I don't think. Oh, actually, that's not true. I think Deshaun Gibson came out and were said they just why. scared of. Adrian yeah. Peterson and not respecting Blaine Gabbert. Not one bit. I think that's. Exa- I don't. Think I know they, they didn't like, respect Gabbert. They didn't respect Gabbert. I think that's why. Yeah, and we'll get into that. that. Gibson. Yeah, let's get into what Gibson said right now. Gibson after the game says, "I think that just realistically, excuse me, realistically, we just didn't give him enough credit. I'll be the first one to admit that, and I am quoting. I don't think nobody thought that he would come out and play the way he played." Again, that's an NFL starting quarterback, first-round pick. For us to come out here and not give the man the credit he was due, he made some pinpoint throws throughout the course of the game, and he made plays with his feet, too. And I think that... They didn't respect Blaine Gabbert going... They didn't respect their opponent going into it. No, and I think fans need to pay attention. Not all fans, but there's a good amount of fans, especially this Twitter crowd that's all of a sudden become analysts, need to pay attention to that comment and realize the dude is in the NFL. Like, everybody in the NFL is better than what you're doing right now, sitting at home on your little Twitter. Like, they're in the NFL for a reason. That's true. But the same exact thing happens to Blake Bortles, where he gets he gets completely disrespected every week. And he's not... I've the, yet to see... The great equalizer in that aspect, and I, that, is, that is a fine statement to make, but the one thing you're not paying attention to in that statement, and there's a lot of people making the same statement... Is Bruce Arians? Yes. No, he's a Bruce Arians. Great is might be one of the best offensive minds yeah. in the NFL right now. Not to mention, you have a receiving core, you have a offensive line that's veteran and a very decent offense around Blaine Gabbert. Often that offense should you think that offensive line is not good. That is not a good offensive line. It's not that. It's not bad. I disagree. It's better than what we have right now. Yes, that's. The, that's annoying. But look what. But look. <laughs> Three what, weeks ago, you were looking at the Jaguars' <laughs> offensive line as one of the strengths of the team. But they're hurt. Just now. falling apart I mean, with injuries. I, and the problem is Bruce Arians has done this how many times where he has gotten to his third quarterback and still won games. Yeah. That's the difference. Like, I'm. I'm. It's getting a little tiring going on Twitter and seeing these so-called analysts, Alfie. And shit that think they're geniuses. If you want to come talk football, then talk football. But don't get on Twitter and try to be a keyboard warrior saying you know what you're talking about. When you don't. (laughs) You'll watch film and say he missed a throw, but you don't know the damn concept. You don't know what the hell the read was. So that gets old. and But you do know the final results. You do know the final results, but that's great. But you don't know why the how the final results got there. Well, and when, I, when there's one common thread in all of these poor outings, that's, that's like Bortles. Fine, I mean, it is what it is. It, I don't. It does not boil down to just Bortles losing the game. 
No, it doesn't. I don't think anyone here would say did, that. But did he did play Blaine Gabbert outplay yeah. Bortles? Yes, he did. But did Blaine Gabbert have a better supporting cast around him? Yes, he did. Yep. And I think that's people don't want to see it. Like, it's such a that's what and it goes back to that whole you're not on the fence. Like you either hate Bortles or you don't. Well, yeah, people want things to be black and white. That's just nature. But it's not. I know it's not the way things are, obviously. But it, it's still, regardless of what side of the fence you're on with this, it is hard to not be upset when you go out and see Blaine Gabbert outperform Blake Bortles, regardless of the situations around them. I think it's it's hard mainly because we're so close to the whole situation. Like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's hard for Jaguars fans to see that. I agree. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Like, Jaguars fans should be frustrated that a quarterback that we drafted in the first round it's considered a, one of the biggest busts in Jaguars draft history. Leaves has fairly decent success when he leaves here and is now playing fairly well. It, it, it yeah, should piss it. us off. It should piss us off. But at the same time, we should also be looking in-house and saying, well, damn, we should be pissed off at the DBs for taking it lightly. We should be pissed off at a lot of things. I'm pissed yeah. off that Tom Savage beat the team that we just lost to. That's what I'm pissed off about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Cardinals are not a great team right now, but they're a team that's a veteran that has a lot of talent, and they just flat out beat the Jags. Um, the defense, like we said, wasn't pressuring the quarterback like they normally do. Uh, Gabbert was able to evade a lot of the pressure. Uh, Telvin Smith was out in the second half. There was a lot of things that went wrong, and then you compound all that with a poor coaching decision by Doug Marone at the end. And a Marquise Lee drop. If there's one person that loses the game, it's Doug Marone. Yeah, it, there were, yeah. I, I texted that to y'all on Sunday. Yeah, that and was Doug Marone would awful. say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. immediately after the he game, blew he was it. like, we got greedy. He blew it. And you, you know what the problem is? Somebody came out and said, oh, well, and then did you see Bortles' comment after it about the call? Mm-mm. So Doug Marone came out and said he, he messed up, right? Yeah. Bortles came out and said he got the call, he ran the play, it didn't get completed. And people are complaining about that, saying, "Well, Bortles should have done this." Like, well, there's <clears throat> nothing about Bortles on that. Yeah. Exactly. No way. But that's. What I just don't. I don't understand how you run the ball. Let thirty. <clears throat> I, I don't twenty. Know. I think thirty seconds. There was the thirty-six. Clock. I think there was thirty-something seconds. But they snapped it with eleven seconds left. Like it's just. I don't. And then you throw I don't, the ball. I don't question coaching very often. But there's two things this year that I've questioned like outright, and it was Doug Marone's call on second down and Mississippi State blitzing and playing yeah. cover zero <laughs> with 30 seconds left against Alabama. Like yeah. those are yeah. the two questions. But and having said all that, Marone did make a bad call, but the call worked. Marquis Lee just dropped the pass. Well, I agree. True. I agree. I mean, I'm not doubting. The call not, did work again, regardless of whether it was smart or not. It worked it against the defense they it, were running against. Never, and Marquis Lee dropped. It never goes down to one person. Like football is the ultimate team sport. Eleven guys, including a head coach and offense coordinator, have to be on the same page. Yeah. And if they're not, you lose the game. It's yeah. simple as that. And that's what happened. And people get so pigeonholed into blaming one thing. It's because it's easy. That's the easy the easy thing to do. The simple thing is the Cardinals were the the slightly better team. Yeah, that's it. That's simple as that. Their kicker was better. Their kicker was making a lot and, of and hard kicks. And that's the frustrating thing oh is that God, we have the yeah. best defense in the NFL, and we're it just it seems like Bill Dawson, old ass Bill Dawson, oh, makes no. the longest kick of his career, fifty seven yards. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, I and you know the defense played really well. They did. 
But, like, I think our lack of depth at linebacker showed. I think the defensive line looked a little tired and kind of lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. The DBs looked terrible for the most part. I mean, Barry Church was – He got he got, he got burned. He, he got beat bad. They bring a blitz on third down on, like, the first drive, I think it was. Yeah, and, and he, he tried to jam Ricky Seals Ricky Seals Jones. Jones and gets destroyed. Um, I mean, Jalen Ramsey played okay, but he didn't play amazing. Like, he played pretty two, good. Against Fitzgerald. Yeah. Against Fitzgerald, yeah. he played well. But he didn't play against Fitzgerald the whole game. There were catches. Yeah. Seals Jones really. Seals Jones. Terrible. And he's a tough matchup. I mean, he's such a big athletic dude. We just They didn't play well. And it's it's on all phases of the game, they didn't play well. Yeah. It's simple as that. I mean, there is. You can go and watch the game tape 15 times over, but the end of the 10 years. Corey says, Grant had a nice kick return. Yeah, but he made a mistake on that. You never double clutch trying to come out of the end zone. Yeah. You never do. Like <clears throat> Cardinal sin. It is. It, it Final really is. But it really is. Like you you never double clutch. You make the decision. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's more of a wake up call and I think you could tell by how they acted after the game. Like they just didn't look to be the same Jaguar team. They weren't really as excited either. Yeah, it's frustrating <clears throat> for me though that like why do you need another wake-up call after you lose to the freaking Jets? Because yeah. you went on a three- or four-game win streak. And so, like, every five weeks you need a wake-up call? When you're yeah. the Jaguars, yes, you do. I don't like it. Uh, no, nobody likes it, but do you like going three and 13? No, but no. Scott and I were talking about this before. The expectations are different. No, yeah. no the expectations just, are not to be set. Just getting four. into the playoffs at 10 and 6 isn't the expectation anymore. Winning a playoff game is the expectation. I've been more angry in the last three <clears> games than I can remember on any of the last of any of the losing seasons in the past decade. Yeah. Because of what I expect from this defense and what I'm seeing from the offense. Yeah. And I've, I I haven't I been this think... mad about the a Jaguars football team or football game in a, <laughs> in like a decade. Well, As the Jaguars have gone two and three. I, exactly. <laughs> and that's the last, frustrating two and one over the last Well, three it's weeks. frustrating because the expectation is not to be seven and four. The expectation is the fact that we should be what ten and one, right yeah. now? Realistically, we should be ten and one, and that's uh, yeah, frustrating. I think you could say nine and two, eight and three, ten and one. Yeah, the Jets. But the fact that the three losses, other than the Titans that we have, are what three point losses. Well, each? the Rams was bigger, but you know you give up seventeen points on special teams. Okay, so I'd say you can give the Rams one away, but the Jets overtime loss and losing to the Cardinals the way we did, it shouldn't happen. And that's what. But we did steal one from the Chargers, so that's good, obviously. Now, let's Ooh. move on from Ooh. this. Uh, that is potent. <laughs> we're trying the... Uh, <laughs> the Rye Rider. Red Rider. Red, the Red Rider. Yeah, that's potent. Makes me feel like I shot myself in the eye. <laughs> that's an interesting way to describe it. But I like your, I like your reference. Bold City Brewery, one and only sponsor of the Gen Jack Podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Let's preview the Colts game here real quick. There's not that much to look at with the Colts. They're not a good team. They don't have a great quarterback. Brissett's playing okay. I think most people would rather have Brissett. Most Jaguars fans would rather have Brissett than Bortles right now. I don't know if that's realistically would be a good would be good for the Jaguars because they're dealing with so many other issues at different areas of the offense. I don't know how Brissett would fare with the Jaguars, but he's playing okay. 
Uh, they almost beat the Titans last week. But the only teams they have been able to successfully beat this season, the Colts, are the Texans without Deshaun Watson, the 49ers, and the Browns. Uh, you're looking at the three of the worst teams in football right there, easily. Probably the three worst teams in football. And I mean, the Colts aren't good. Yeah. Uh, it's simple as that. The Colts are a bad football team. Yeah, they're really not good anywhere on the team. Receiver? Still, I mean... Maybe. If you have a good quarterback, their receivers look a lot better, Maybe. certainly. But yeah, you know, T.Y. Hilton's a good player. Dante Monker's a good player. Uh, their center, who's their best offensive lineman, Ryan Kelly, he's, out. he's dealing with concussion. He he basically was given a 0% chance to make it through concussion protocol by his head coach this week. So he's probably not playing against the Jaguars. Uh, speaking of the offensive line... Jaguars sacked Brissett 10 times the last time they played in Week 7. Uh, the Colts have given up 28 sacks in the last five games. I think there's a chance for another double digit. Return yeah. of the sack. Yeah. You know amazing that would be to do that at home again? Return of the sack would be awesome <clears throat> this week, and it should happen. The Jaguars only got one sack last week. Of course, it was a unique Ngakwe strip well, sack. It's a but, huge sack. But, yeah, I mean, you've got... All sorts of incredible performances by the Jaguars' defensive line on the season. They weren't able to do it last week. This week, return of the sack big time for me. Yeah, Calais Campbell's got to break the record. <laughs> yeah, today. He's got to take the I mean, this week, yeah. He should just go one, get 10 sacks by he's himself. He's what, one sack away? Oh, the Jaguars sack record. The Jaguars sack record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs one sack to, to break it. He's Half a sack to five take. games, there's no way he's breaking the record. He's got to get like two. <laughs> he has to have another four sack game. Even then, he's, the record's, what, 22? Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. He's at, 12, he's at 10 and a half. I mean, he's at 11 and a half. But he? he's been at 11 and a half for a couple that's weeks tough. now. Yeah, so. I mean, he could have a rampage, which is fine. But yeah. Pro Bowl, that's all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just go beat up the Colts and the Texans, and you're good to go, right? Yeah, man. Sure. 49ers? I don't know. Go beat whoever. <laughs> yeah, we got five games. Let's go win them all. Now, Rashawn Melvin, who's been one of the... One bright spots, really, for the Colts' defense um, at cornerback. He's week-to-week, which makes it seem... That's what uh, Chuck Pagano said today. So that seems like he's probably not going to play this week. I mean, it's hurting for the back on Sunday. I doubt it. I mean, he's he was in a walking boot after the injury. I mean, he He's now still in the walking boot. No crutches now, though, but I don't know. I think that's a push. Yeah, it's. I mean, it looked pretty bad. If I was the Jaguars, I'd be trying to get him back for the next Sunday. Yeah. Maybe you can get Didi and Keelan to get a little bit more confidence this week, beat up on some uh, not-so-great Indianapolis defensive backs. And they've been dealing with injuries, too. And then they drafted Quincy Wilson in the second round as a cornerback out of Florida. He's been inactive since week two. A healthy scratch. And he's probably going to play... Assuming Rashawn Melvin can't go this week, but that's got to be really frustrating for Colts fans as well. I mean, you draft a guy in the second round. I mean, when you look at what other teams are able to get out of second round draft picks, just look at what the Jaguars got. Cam Robinson. Yeah, he played every Miles year. Jack last year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's got to be very frustrating. And Matt Miller, who's a uh, a draft expert for Bleacher Report, who I really respect a lot. He had Quincy Wilson as his number one corner throughout the entire draft process. So 
Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, we've talked about this already. <clears throat> it's hard not to just talk about how inept the offense has been. But do you think the O-line, Hunter, can get healthy and return to form by the end of the season? And if they do, do you think this is a team that could win a playoff game? I mean, it depends on what their injuries are. Like what? <laughs> well, you've got the quad with Omame. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it depends on how severe. I mean, it depends on if they're if they're limited already. It seems you just, like you would think you just you never. I mean, you never know. Like it, you just can't. I know we don't know. I would what say, do you think? I would say within the next three or four weeks, we should be able to get our offensive line back to being what they were. I think this team, how they're set up, and if they can get Hearns back and they can get a little healthy on the offense. Telvin comes back and they're healthy on the defense. Yeah, they can win a playoff game. Why not? Like they've proven that they can beat, go beat the Steelers. Yeah. Um, Steelers, Ravens are a potential playoff team. Yeah, I mean, I think are they a Super Bowl contender at this point? I would no, say can't so. Say it. But I would say they're a, a one playoff win, possibly two playoff win kind of team. Could they beat any team any given Sunday? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I really do think they could. I think I they agree. could go out every week. Against any team in the league right now, maybe I think the only team, and it's probably it's weird to say that would probably give them the biggest struggle, would be the Eagles right now because well, they the beat Eagles, everybody. But it's the, it's how sound they are yeah. everywhere. They're click just clicking. Sound, like their defense is just ups- their defense is literally like our defense right now, except they're consistently getting to the passer. The passer, like they are bringing the wood every. Well, that blitz. They blitz a lot. And, and but their offense also gives them very, points, so they're always ahead. Yeah. yeah. Their defense gets to pin their ears back every Yeah, week. they're going. I mean, crazy. But I think, yeah, the Jaguars the Jaguars' defense can go out right now and play with any single offense in the league. Yeah. Personally, they, I think the Jaguars' defense is one of the top two units on either side of the ball in football right now. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles' yeah. offense is number one. Yeah. Or, or the or the Saints right now. Saints yeah, offense. Saints. Saints yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think if you would have, if you were to pick a defense in the league right now, it'd be the Jaguars. No question. And I think the Jaguars, this defense right now, if they can continue and finish the year, they're going to finish as a top five defense of all time, top ten of all time. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, if it, the offense has to start clicking, and I think the offense was clicking, we saw what happened. Yeah, there were times where the offense was clicking. You'd see, you know. Alan Hearns go get seven catches, Marquise Lee get eight catches, and the runners get over 100 yards on the ground. To me, you got to look at when we've been most successful. Like, Bortles has been his most successful when it's been a little spread out. Like, when they've had to keep people honest, when he's having to read a defensive end. To, like, look at what he does on the run. Like, what do you have, a 30-yard run against the uh, Cardinals? Yeah. So, let him play. Go win a damn playoff game, please. Yeah. Bring, yeah. One, bring one to Jacksonville. Pretty please. Pretty pleased for us. Just for the Gen Jack podcast. What? We, just got, we got to be in the top four of the AFC to bring a home game here? Um, yeah. Win the division, basically. Yeah, win the division and Please. you get a home game. Please. Yeah, you win the rest of your, you win the rest of your division games. I already, I already reserved my seats. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So, let's predict Jaguars Colts. What do we got? Score and everything? Yeah. Oh, boy. Not and everything, just the score. I mean, it, I think it's going to be like a repeat of last time. I think twenty-seven zip. Yeah, like thirty to three, maybe same differential. They might get into field goal range. 
Maybe. 24 to 3. 24 to 3. It's just, it shouldn't That's be close. To get one, 24 to I think the offense, this, is a, this could potentially be a good jump start to get things kind of rolling again. It so what are you be. saying? 30 to 3? 30 to 3. All right, I'm going to be the most conservative out of all of us just because the offense still scares me. And, you know, the Colts have been going toe-to-toe with some teams lately. They've been losing. Yeah, but they're not the Jaguars. Defense. I agree, but we'll see. We'll they're, see in what a, they're in a worse what's, place what's than we played them last, last week. I'll go 24-17. I know it's pretty generous. If the Jaguars they get a deep into breakdown, if our <laughs> offense does not score more than twenty, the offense, not the defense, anything else. If the offense, is I'll not be scoring, throwing stuff at, at the TV. It's a yeah. The <laughs> offense is bad. Yeah, bad. Like yeah, I will come back next week and say that this offense is not good. Yeah. So let's move to around the AFC South. We know the Jaguars are playing the Colts in the AFC South. Jaguars seven and four. Colts three and eight. Titans are also playing a division game. They're playing the Texans. Come on, Texans. Titans are seven and four. Texans are four and seven. Texans beat the crap out of the Titans earlier this year, but that was with Deshaun Watson. So you're obviously looking at the Titans to probably win this one. But again, you know, you never know with the NFL. The Jaguars just dropped one to the Cardinals. The Titans could easily drop one to the Texans. It doesn't seem likely, but we can always hope. PFF minute. Ramsey's the third highest rated corner in football. I mean, I don't. I don't it's like PFF. It. It's not necessarily. I don't like it. It's not eye test. It's yeah. I think for me, I wouldn't take any cornerback over Jalen Ramsey right now. I would say by what PFF's judging, I, I mean I could see it because Jalen Ramsey the past couple of weeks has let those balls get caught. In front yeah, of and Casey Hayward's just having some ridiculous <laughs> yeah. games. I think, it. but. It helped Casey Hayward that he played the Jaguars recently. Yeah. <laughs> that really bumped up his uh it's true. His his rating there. But is there another corner you want more than Jalen Ramsey right now? It might be the other guy on the field. I was about to say yeah. what their number one and two. Yeah, I mean Marshawn Lattimore was playing great. He's injured now though. But I mean I might I might take Marshawn Lattimore over AJ Boye just because he's a rookie. I think the fact that you have AJ or you have AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey together makes them that much better. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. Now, the offensive line is ranked 13th by Pro Football Focus right now. Uh-huh. I don't think they should be that high right I now, see. but I guess that's based on a lot of what they did earlier in the season. Gotta if it's big, overall, yeah. They, they had such a good start. Yeah. So they've been steadily moving down a little bit. Hopefully they can uh, pull it together, that offensive line. I think that, out of anything, might be the biggest key for the Jaguars to turn things around on offense. Well, yeah. <laughs> we want to run the ball. Well, you, you, can't run, you cannot run the ball how we want to run the ball effectively without five guys up front. Right, but you could, you could say, they even with the that? offensive line not playing well recently, if the wide receivers had played a little bit better, the yes, offense wouldn't be broken. I completely agree, but that has nothing to do with the run game. No, I'm not saying the run. I'm saying the offense in general. Yeah, no, the I, offense in general wouldn't have looked broken last week if Keelan Cole yeah, and Marquise yeah. Lee weren't dropping those. I passes. completely agree, but 
the offense and the defense is always going to be – you're only going to be as good as the five guys or the four guys up front. Yeah. I don't care what side of the ball you are on, what level of football you're playing. If you can block up front, you're going to win football games because you can dominate – you can impose your will on somebody. And that's a kind of a scary thing when you can impose your will on a grown man. It is. Now, for keep one, let one walk, we were obviously gone last week, so we don't have one to review for last yeah. week. But is there any Colt you would want over a Jaguar this week? Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Okay. This week? I mean... <clears throat> T.Y. Hilton over Marquise Lee. I T.Y. Yeah, Hilton easily. over anybody but D.D. right now. Yeah. I, that's not true. I take T.Y. Hilton as the one this week. Yeah. That's easy. That probably Maybe be Jack Doyle. <laughs> nah. Oh, I would take Jack Doyle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, that's even a fringe. Like that's a maybe. That's my. That is my only one. You yeah. can make an argument for Jacoby Brissett, but damn, he's not that good either. Mm. No, and you put Jacoby Brissett with what the Jaguars are working with, he's not looking very good either. No, I think Ty, maybe Dante Moncrief over like Keelan Cole and stuff. But for the most part, I think we're just a better football team. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe Adam Vinatieri? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you like Josh Lambeau if they, right now. If they bring back Pat McAfee, can we take him? <laughs> just Definitely. because, you know. Just for the kicks, yeah. man. Could you... Do it for the prime. Uh Can you imagine if McAfee and Scobie got to play together? That would have been the best yeah. kicking unit ever. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, they'd be great on the field. And on the talking like, to Twitter and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would have been fantastic. Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. We got through pretty quickly here. I mean, there's just not that much to talk about right now with the Jaguars. You know what the problem is. You know what they're good at. Uh, and you know that they don't have a difficult remaining schedule. Their only two real games are the Seahawks and Titans. Yeah. So there's just not too much to get into. Uh, I think we did a good job covering all our bases here. If you need any more Jaguars covers, go to ginjag.com. We've got the podcasts up there. We've got videos. Uh, we've got multiple blog posts coming out daily. And we've got a lot of other fun stuff on there. Lots of Jaguars gear. You can go pre-order your AJ is my boy a t-shirt on ginjag.com. And find all our other gear on there, too. We've got some 904 hats that <clears throat> might be at the tailgate this weekend. I'm uh, really I already, excited about it. I already it. called one, so... Really excited about that. So, uh, yeah, go check you, out the gear. Scott, you need one. Please. Yeah, I need one. I've been wearing this hat for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the show. Make sure to follow Scott at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. Hunter at CoachH underscore Evans. We're going to have a tailgate this weekend. I forgot to mention earlier, Canine Social is going to be out there at the tailgate. They're going to be Jacksonville's first doggy daycare slash indoor slash outdoor dog park slash craft beer and craft coffee bar. What? Yes. Oh, so you can go yeah. take your dog. I was sold your dog out. Dog can have a good time. You can have a good time drinking beer, coffee, whatever you want to do. And if you need to, you can also just drop your dog off for Doggy Daycare. So that's really cool. They're going to be out there with us. They're going to have information to hand out to uh, people at the tailgate. And they're also going to make some koozies, canine social slash gin jag koozies that are going to be given away for free. So that'll be fun, uh, obviously. And they're going to be a sponsor of the gin jag podcast movement. Or excuse me, not of the gin jag podcast. Forgive me, Bolt City Brewery. <laughs> they're going to be a sponsor of Generation Jaguar in general. 
uh, moving forward, the fan group. So that'll be fun. Canine Social. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too, at Canine Social, caninesocial.com. And yeah, that's the show for the day. We enjoyed uh, talking about the Jaguars sucking it up this week, but also hopefully some positive momentum coming out of the next weekend. Hopefully get a win against Division Rabble, the Colts. God, can you imagine the doom and gloom we're going to have next week if they don't beat the Colts? Oh my god. I'm going to have to buy a new TV. But it's like, I swear. Can that even happen? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the NFL, but no. Yes, no. I mean, <laughs> if, they, if they lose Sunday, alright, Scott gets iced next week. No. <laughs> we all should deserve to get iced if the Jaguars lose next week. Can we make the deal right now? We all get iced next week if <laughs> oh the Jags lose? God, fine. Deal. <laughs> all right. So that is a great way to end the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please review us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Do whatever you got to do to help us out. We really appreciate it. And uh, have a great week, Duval. Enjoy it. And remember... Two weeks from now, Forever Teal, back at the bank. Jaguars wearing teal uniforms. Can't wait for that. Thanks again, Duval. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the GenJag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.